Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Porter, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst, FantasyPoints.com. But that's not what matters. Today, it is JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback on Twitter. Late round, is it lateround.com? Did I get that? Is that lateround.com? Yeah. Lateround.com. The man, the myth, the legend, the hair, the beard. He's got it all. He's here to draft a puppy with us today. JJ, how are you doing? We're drafting from the eight spot. How are you feeling about that? Draft from the eight spot. The eight spot's one of the worst spots, but it's fine. We'll 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 be fine. We'll be good. What's your favorite spot this year? Um, I don't know. I it it honestly depends. Like like certain drafts kind of go your way or they don't go your way. I I think if you have a top five pick, top four pick, you feel pretty good generally. Um, you know, you can get like a really good wide receiver in the third. You can still sometimes get a really good running back in the second, even if you start with like a Justin Jefferson or something like that. So probably sure. probably the top four. Okay, I'm a boomer and trying to share my screen. There it is, share screen. That way you can see where we're at here. There we go. You good? I see it, yeah. This is great. Perfect. Beautiful. All right, so here we are. We're chalking, we're chalking. Where can I pull up? Is there like a grid? You know what a grid? Obviously, I don't do this enough. Can you hear me? Yeah. Are you there? Okay. This is a great podcast. I never do it from desktop. Oh, you never did from desktop? Yeah. I'm always on mobile. Yeah. But it's fine. You can see see we can see what's generally available. Available. Yeah. So here we are. Available to us right now. We have Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, CD Lamb. You can see everybody. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say I'd say Diggs or Dalvin is the direction I would go here. Whichever okay. one you feel more comfortable with. I feel extremely comfortable with Diggs. Okay. Let's go Diggs. Let's do it. Okay. So we got Diggs. First go so around. We also with, with Diggs, you get a nice um nice uh week sixteen or sorry, week seventeen game against Cincinnati. So if that, you know, if, if this, if this lineup goes far in the tournament, you can always, you know, you can look to a mix in, in the second round if he's there. Um, because that game, that game could, could have some fireworks. There goes Mixon though. He's off the board. How much do you like Mixon this year? He's fine. I mean, he's not like someone that I'm like actively drafting. I like him a little bit more from like, and like the best ball format because the touchdown equity should still be there for him. Uh, obviously the volume through the air is, is the big question mark with him each year. And, you know, we thought that we were going to see it a little bit last year, but then we just didn't. Um, so yeah. You think what's your, which, which username, where are we at? Which username? We are, sorry. We are EPFP. Very, uh, we know what to do here. Do we know what to do here? JJ, do we know what to do here? We know what to do here. We're going Aaron Jones. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I was going to cry. I literally was crying when Dalton Deldon took that pick, man. I was I, just, I didn't think he was going to go that fast. And he did. So here we are taking Saquon Barkley. So we got Diggs and Barkley. Fun fact, that's how I started like 80% of my drafts last year. And it, it didn't go uh, like I planned it. It'll, go. it'll go well. It'll go well this year. This, I mean, Stefan Diggs has wide receiver one overall upside. Saquon Barkley has RB one overall upside. You know, you don't you don't have any correlation yet. That's fine. It's only two rounds. Uh, it's, a, it's a great start. Saquon should probably be more of a of a one-two turn type player um then then where i mean earlier in the offseason man he I, I was getting him in the in the early third round like it was just crazy how yeah, nice I, he yeah. was going i definitely um, saw that but you know now it's a little bit different 
I wish we could pull up a grid so we could see all the, they're sort of just lining up like one after the other, but we can't, that's fine. Tell me a little bit about where your head's at with Tyree Kill. Cause he's also going in the third and a lot of like even regular formats, like right, like 12, like single quarterback formats. Yeah. What's your take there? Yeah. You know, I, I have uh, not drafted a ton of him, but I also cannot come up with reasons to push him down my rankings really. You know, like it, it's one of those players where like, I probably won't have a ton of them this year. Um, It's sort of like Debo. Like I'm not going to have a ton of Debo this year, Um, but I also, you know, have a, have a difficult time uh pushing him down, like into that, like, Michael Pittman tier or something like that. It's just, it's, it just feels a little bit more uncomfortable, but like, for instance, in the, in our, uh, uh, in the injury prone invitational, I took Mike Evans over Tyree kill, which I, I don't think should be that big of a, of a, uh, you know, like a, a weird thing to do. Um, but I, I will say this. I do think that the offense in general, like people make a big deal about like, Oh, Waddle has this ADP and Tyreek has this ADP. There's no way they both finish as top 12 wide receivers. Number one, we see, you know, one to two of those happen every year. And they're definitely part of that consideration set. I think this season, uh, but number two, um, you know, I, I we, we do have an offense that's probably going to funnel a lot of target share to those two players. Uh, there's not that many, that many alternatives. You have Cedric Wilson at wide receiver three. He's fine, but he's not like some stud. Mike Kosicki is going to be uh, more uh, evidently going to be used more as a blocker this year. I do like Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, but from a target share standpoint, they both, they, they could realistically have, 50% of the team's targets this year. And I don't think anyone would really blink. Um, and then to his deep ball stuff, it's just the frequency that he's thrown it deep, you know, since he entered the league, it's not really his accuracy. His accuracy has been fine. It's just that he hasn't done it at a very high rate. That's the problem. And if, if that changes and shifts, then that's great. Then we could see, you know, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle both because Jalen Waddle's a good deep threat too. They just didn't utilize him that way uh, last season. So I think that there's like outs for, for Tyreek for sure. It's just that, there are guys who go after him who I like a little bit more yeah, or, or, exactly. or at like the same, the same level. And there's guys who go before him, obviously that I, I would prefer over him. So it's just like, he's just in this really, really weird zone and weird area. So JJ, tell the people where you can find the rankings, by the way, here's a little snippet. He does last time I updated that the last updated version I saw of your rankings uh, uh, on the draft guide, you had Evans Debo, and then in terms of wide receivers, and then you did have tear break with Tyree Kill. So they're not that far apart, but you yeah. do you do like Mike Evans more. Yeah. Where honestly, can they find might, that? Where can they people find that, JJ? Yeah, I might even put um Debo in that tier too. I haven't fully considered yet. But uh yeah, you can find it on lateround.com. There's a draft guide that I that I did uh that's really strategy based and stuff, but I think we're about to uh Oh shit. We lost our place. Here we are. What might be auto drafted. No, I think this is a different draft. There's no way active drafts. Oh, here we are. Oh, shit. So here we are. 3.8, 20 seconds left. Um, go to got? wide receiver. Go to wide receiver. Let's go. Do you want to just go Sutton? Let's just go Sutton. Sutton? Talk to me about that. Yeah. Talk. Even though Keenan Allen's there. I don't like Keenan Allen as much Ooh, in best ball. That was spicy. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, look, Keenan Allen's great from a, like a managed league standpoint. He just doesn't have the mm -hmm. ceiling in a half PPR league mm -hmm. like that. Um, and Sutton, obviously no Tim Patrick, uh, perimeter threat for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's great at throwing the ball deep and Sutton's really great. At those, those 50, 50 balls. Um, I, I just think that that Sutton could see a 23 to 25% target share in that offense. And with Russell Wilson, the touchdown equity is going to be there. Uh, so I, I think Sutton's just a really strong pick. Someone who's, who's climbed my draft board throughout the off season. Uh, Judy's climbed my draft board too. Uh, I like both those guys this year. I am curious to see how Sutton's going to 
turnaround. I was looking at his numbers pre and post ACL, and he definitely was on the rise prior to the ACL. And then obviously the whole quarterback situation was not great. Now Russ is coming in. Um, we're coming up here again. The next pick here in a few seconds. Dave Davis so. is spicy there. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still feeling wide out. Because we have we have the anchor with Saquon. What have we gotten? We've gotten we Diggs. Got Diggs, Saquon, and just went sudden. Um I'll try to change the screen here in a second. I'm cool. Think. I'm cool with going either A Rob or Marquise Brown. Ooh. One of those two is fine by me. I it think... seems like a wide receiver heavy draft, too. Yeah, it is. Let's do okay, let's do A Rob. I like A Rob slight injury risk just because let me see if I go to draft here. It'll take me back to that. There we go. I like a Rob, and I want you to talk about A Rob from an injury perspective, kind of sneaky, risky a little bit. He's had hamstrings two years in a row, and he's got a concussion that he's also recovering from. So, those are like the two worst injuries that you don't want to necessarily compile on top of each other. He's 28 years old, which is the um, no, that's not 28, isn't that average age of hamstring strain is 26, but he is a guy that like has some sneaky risk baked into him, but also could just go at least from what my opinion is he could just go off in that offense in the red zone, but I want to hear what you think. Yeah. So, you know, last year you had the injuries, you had an awful scheme. Uh, you had COVID. He, he was one of the people who were pretty vocal about how COVID affected, you know, his, his endurance and his game and stuff, which is important. Um, and so, and, and we, we've seen that with players too. I don't know if you've done any studies on like COVID itself, but like in, in player performance and whatnot, but like, anecdotally we've definitely seen it i mean zeke had some issues and like like there have been players who were pretty open about how and obviously there's people who um you know really got it bad and, and really really i mean tyler lockett's another one he talked about how he was like out for two weeks with it um and so it's important to to put that to give that context as well Allen robinson in that offense it's an offense that should be pass friendly it's an offense that should be pass friendly close to the end zone and in the red zone Last year, they threw the second most pass attempts within the five-yard line in the NFL behind only the char- uh, the Chargers. Um, so something in L.A., something out there is uh, forcing these teams to to throw the ball when they're close to the end zone. It's probably the fact they have pretty good quarterbacks. Um, and then Allen Robinson, if you look at the, the wide receiver twos under Sean McVay, now they've had good wide receiver twos. We had Brandon Cooks, uh, who I feel like people forget played for the Rams. We had Brandon Cooks. We had Robert Woods. We had some good wide receiver two options there, but – from an adjusted target share standpoint, so that's target share per game, essentially, uh, the lowest uh, target share of any wide receiver two when adjusted for a full season uh, under Sean McVay, it's been 21%. And if you were to get a 21% target share from Allen Robinson this year, you would take that all day long in the fourth, uh, you know, mid-fourth round. So I, I am very, very into to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is, is not who just went? Juju. Oh, Juju. Allen Robinson is is hashtag not washed. I think that's the the, the bottom line here. I wanted yeah, to there's talk... at least reason. There's at least reason you can like point to like why things happened the way they did last year. Exactly. Exactly. And I need to look at Matt. I was looking at Matt Harmon's reception perception on Allen Robinson. I was looking at a ton of them. I'm trying to find like injury and, and cliff yeah. age cliff correlation stuff. I don't exactly remember ex- what his reception perception stuff looked like last year, but I don't remember it being like super crazy and i was going to ask you jj 
if you were, I was going to ask you for your, for your late round stamp of approval to take Godwin here and, and now he's gone. So I would have taken Godwin here. Yeah. He Godwin went from someone who was on my voids list like a month and a half ago to just like, now I love work. Cause, cause the, the market hasn't adjusted to what's just generally going right. on. I don't mind Bateman here. I don't mind Bateman. Mooney in the fifth. What's, what's up, what's going on at running back? Yeah. I don't, uh, we could go Dobbins if you wanted to, I don't, I don't, Hate Dobbins there Dobbins. In, a, in a best ball format. Let's go. Let's go to wide receiver. We only have 15 seconds left. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Bate. let's go oh, Bateman. Bateman. Big fan of Bateman. Yeah, I'm I'm big into Bateman this year. So what I was gonna say about Godwin is I think you're right. Like the market definitely has not adjusted. I I I, I tried to like keep in perspective what I communicate with injury stuff versus like what I'm thinking in my head. And sometimes I realize like, oh, I didn't actually like give a specific uh, like, you know, I didn't give a take. I just gave a timeline type thing. And so like my take on Godwin has always been, I think he's going to be a good value. The not starting on the pup is interesting. Uh, he's definitely doing individual drills. And that was like a part of why they probably wanted yeah. to get him in there. So they could start doing individual drills. Uh, so that's like part of the reasoning there. But again, like I've said this a hundred times on Twitter, the only comparison we have is Rob Gronkowski from 2014. And for a whole month, he only played 50% of snaps. So even if you only get 50% of snaps from Godwin in the first month of the season, like I think the, the back half of the season, like the back three quarters of the season just could absolutely smash if you get him in the fourth or the fifth. That's sort of my thought process. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a second rounder if he were completely healthy. So it's like, you know, you're getting that that discount to not have a super viable player for the first month. And hopefully he's healthy enough, you know, from there, you know, obviously there's some question marks about just like his ability to produce um, when he does play again. But uh, I, I do think that he's he's the right kind of of selection when you get to like the fifth round, just because the, the opportunity cost isn't very high there. I think we're on the clock again. What's that running back now? Yeah, we probably should grab snag one. What do you think? Um, of, uh, ooh, I, I think we wait. We wait. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So we've got one I, running I thought back. You're gonna say wide. a certain name. Thought you're gonna say a certain name. Let's go wide receiver. Okay. What's that quarterback actually? Because this is a good a good area for some Hertz. of the. Yeah, do you want to go Hertz? Let's do Hertz. You go with Hertz. Yeah, he's he's the last of the elite guys. We could always try to pair him with uh, Dallas Goddard too in a few rounds to get a stack. I don't think Devonte Smith is. Or yeah, he's still there. So if if Devonte Smith falls possible he's fallen a little bit with the aj brown news of just like him seeing a ton of looks but i doubt he's gonna he's gonna drop to the middle of the of the seventh let's see here when are you generally looking at tight ends in these in these drafts um i i, I look early like i i haven't really drafted that much like mark andrews and kelsey um I, I will get pits when he falls into the mid fourth which happens at times uh i'll get kittle at times you know in like the fifth but I'm, I haven't been very heavy on them. Uh, I haven't gotten much Dalton Schultz. I've barely gotten TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Dallas Goddard's pretty intriguing though, because I think Goddard's outlook and his ceiling is just as strong as a Schultz or Hawkinson. Um, but he goes significantly, especially versus Schultz. Schultz. Schultz had a time period where he was like a legit fifth rounder. And then he finally ba backed off a little bit. Um, but I think Goddard has more of more upside than TJ Hawkinson does. And he goes like 10 picks after Hawkinson usually, but if I'm not able to get some of those guys, I'm usually Cole Komet's my highest rostered tight end right now. Just a very safe option. You know, he, he had a ton of targets last year. Just didn't find the end zone. Uh, he should walk into like a 20% target share this year. And if I get Komet, you know, 
maybe I'll just have a two tight end build if I can get like a David Njoku or Alberto, but I'm often building with three tight ends because, um, you know, I just think there's a lot of, of decent tight end options late. Um, but if I'm able to get like a Goddard, you know, I'll, I'll pair Goddard with Alberto, David Njoku, someone like that, and I'll be good to go at the tight end position. When did you say you were comfortable taking Goddard? I don't know, like the eighth or ninth? Eighth or ninth. He didn't go yet, right? No. We are about... we could look at we could look at running back with this next pick though. Which running backs are so this is like the like if we if we're able to get like Pollard, I love Pollard as a as a I've I've gotten him in like every draft that I've done basically this offseason. I I've never been a Pollard guy until this year. Like this is my first Pollard. Not Pollard, Pollard guy. Not a Pollard guy typically. Yeah, but I I'm I'm in on Pollard this season. Uh I think that he's a strong pick. Uh, in this kind of format too, right? Like it's mm-hmm, a, it's a tournament mm-hmm. style upside. Yep. Like, like if, if I, the question I always ask people when I'm on podcast talking about Tony Pollard is if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't playing this year, where would Tony Pollard be drafted? And oh, God. to, to me, not... the answer is probably like in the early second round, right? Yeah. Like, like he'd be going. So, so he not only has that like handcuff upside, but uh, standalone, like from a projection standpoint, my projections have Tony Pollard as like a high end RB three, low end RB two. And so that's, and that's where he's being drafted. So you're at least going to get value from where you're drafting Tony Pollard, but then the upside exists if something were to happen to Zeke. And I think a lot of people, like when they hear me say that Pollard's one of my favorite values this year, a lot of people then think, oh man, Devonte Smith just won. Um, a lot of people think that that means that I'm, I'm not drafting Zeke, but I think Zeke is fine too. If you want to go that route, cause Zeke has touched on equity. Like he can still be fine. It's just that you have that contingent upside if something were to happen. Exactly. All right. So here we are. We got Pollard. If you yeah. Like any, anybody at wide receiver over Pollard. I mean, I don't mind. I, I, I would go Pollard. I don't mind Tony. I don't mind Christian Kirk. Um, I have a ton of Tony uh, from earlier this off season, but I think we just go Pollard because we need that RB two to uh, be filled out a little bit. That, that's another philosophical question I wanted to ask you is like, let's, let's say, I mean, in both formats, best ball and just single quarterback home leagues, right? What, how long are you actually waiting for that RB two? Like, are you just hammering RB two like the last eight nine picks? If you if you feel if you go anchor RB or how how quickly are you trying? Because we don't want to overvalue the RB two spot. Right, right. The RB two spot's very easy to generally fill. Um, and, and by you know what I mean by that, let's say you don't go RB RB, uh, and you you have one wide receiver in the first two rounds. Generally speaking, you should wait on your RB2 until like in a, like a normal home league until like round seven, eight, some, somewhere around there. And the reason for that is the running back dead zone starts to exist and people are, are forcing the running back selections of inferior running backs earlier in their draft when they don't need to. Because if you look at the data and you look at it and you lay it out and you look at the front half of certain rounds and the back half of certain rounds, the hit rates for, from a ceiling perspective from a seventh and eighth round running back is really not that much different than what you're going to get from a fourth or a fifth round running back. Just, right. and that's all you should worry about. You shouldn't worry about floor when you're talking about, you know, your RB two, you should be worried about ceiling because you're trying to get two RB ones in your team. Right. Um, and so as a result of that, I will wait often until around this area to get my RB two, to get Tony Pollard. I really like, you know, Chase Edmonds is another guy that I've drafted a good, a good bit of. Um, so yeah, that's just generally the, the, the approach. What are we at right now? What, what pick so right overall? Now we got pick. Uh, let's see. We, we have 89 next. See, in, in situations like this, where we have the 89th pick over, like, you know, our, our pick is 89th and Dallas Goddard is 97th. I'll force the issue a little bit to get that stack. So okay. I, because yeah, we have that Jalen Hurst stack is what you're talking right, about. Right. So I would go Goddard here and then 
it, it is a reach because there's other guys that I technically like over Goddard, but there's a big running back tier here that I don't mind at all, like Ramondre and you know, either of the Buffalo running backs or Chase Edmonds if he somehow falls, or even like you know, I don't mind Kareem Hunt that much, although there's a there's a lot of age-related uh numbers that don't really favor him that well. Um, I'm generally avoiding the Seattle backfield. Oh, I was about uh, to ask about that. But but again, you know, we have we the nice part is we have two Buffalo options here too, and that's a nice little stack with with Stefan Diggs to get just an onslaught um going there. But I yeah, I mean this is this is when I start to think a little bit more about correlation and stuff after just kind of trying to pick off values over the first seven or eight rounds. Obviously, we have, like you said, Ramondre's there. Um, Penny, I get that offense and just that entire team in general is not necessarily somebody you want to target. What do you think about Melvin Gordon? I mean, is he like the inverse? Uh, we're coming up here on the next pick. Is is Melvin Gordon like <laughs> the inverse of Javante Williams, who still has some contingent upside? Yeah, look, the problem with there's three guys in the middle rounds who I who who do not look good when looking at age related ADP analysis. And the three guys are Cordero Patterson, uh, Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon. Players who are past their fifth year in the middle rounds have very, very low hit rates and hit rates being they exceed ADP expectation by um, uh, three or more points in a full PPR league. That's that's what I consider a moderate breakout or six or more points in a, in a, is a true breakout. Um, so there, there aren't a lot of guys. There's been like one since 2011 that has done that after his fifth year in the NFL. And so just from that alone, you should be able it, it makes sense, right? Like as to why that would be the case, but from that alone, it makes you feel at least a little bit of concern about Kareem hunt, about uh, Cordero Patterson, about Melvin Gordon. Um, so I, you know, I, I haven't not drafted them, I think of the three, I've drafted the least amount of Cordero Patterson just because uh, the situation is so poor, right? Uh, whereas the Melvin Gordon situation is at least like you can you love it, right? I mean, it, it's a it's a really really solid place for him. Um, and, and Melvin Gordon's a nice nice uh, addition for like a week seventeen correlation. They get Kansas City, and if you go with like a Kansas City stack early, and you weren't able to get like Javante, which I haven't drafted a ton of Javante to be fair, Same. but it, you know if you wanted some sort of Denver piece, you could go with a Melvin Gordon and and not hope, but you know, there's a chance that Javante would be out that week for whatever reason. And then Melvin Gordon would assume a starter role. So, you know, it, it's all a little bit different when we're talking best ball uh, because you have to think, you know, like players like Cam Akers, I, I don't like Cam Akers in season long this year very much at all because of the receiving upside, but you know, you have to recognize that in best ball formats and in tournament style formats, you're getting, uh, if, if you want to have like a Ram stack or something, Cam Akers has three touchdown upside in any game that they play in because he's sure. going to see goal line work in one of the best offenses in the league. So you have to just at least recognize, you know, that sort of outlook for these guys. And you can't just like fade just to fade as you would in like a normal season long league. Coming up on our next pick here. So far we have Jalen Hurts, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Stephon Diggs, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Dallas Goddard. And where are we looking here? We let's look at wide receiver. wide receiver. Yeah. yeah, let's see what wide receivers are there. Not a ton of great ones. Um, oh man, they really poached us the second years. Second let's go year running. Years. Let's look at running backs. We only have. Um, I mean, I'm cool with going with like a. I don't mind Damian Pierce. I've been drafting a good bit of him. Um, Daryl you want Anderson, to, you can go Kenneth Walker too if you want to, because obviously he's. Of these, of these guys, who do you think has the most upside? Let's say Ken Walker, Damian Pierce. And, uh, you got to pick one. Darryl I don't Anderson. care. Oh, shit. Did we... 
do this one. We we got Alexander Madison. What's going on? I, I queued him. I queued him. Here, let me tell you why. This is a good talking point, JJ. My bad. I forget there's a 30 second clock. Okay. So we ended with Alexander Madison. Here's here's the upside case. Here's a bull case for Alexander Madison. I say this every year. I've said this every year since I started doing this. Dalvin Cook's shoulder, and I, I say this sarcastically, but also it's true. At some point, is not going to go back into his sock, into the socket, and he's not going to be able to keep playing without surgery. Like that's going to happen at some point. Like I can't tell you if it's going to be this year, next year. Like I don't know when that's going to happen. But the dude has had two recurrences of a shoulder instability. Uh, you know, at two years, not two years in a row, but every other year. And the, the rates for that injury are, are literally 50% or higher. So like eventually he's going to not be able to continue to play football, which enter Alexander Madison in a format like this. I, I, I don't hate it. Um, obviously I wouldn't have probably gone this early with you, just, you, just, you just hate it three rounds above ADP. Uh, I hate it. I hated it. I hated it three rounds above ADP. That, that's my bad. I need to watch the clock. Look at, but, let's look at wideouts. Let's see the wideouts. What do we got? Uh, I was hoping that, was hoping that Rondell would be here for our next pick. I don't love anybody. Hey, your boy, George Pickens, is your boy. Yeah. Here, go back up to the top. I want to see what we're looking at for this round. I, I think that if you want to, what we could do is get Tyler Boyd and stack him with Diggs for that, that final week correlation. Yeah. Like and, and see, I, I don't love Boyd from like a – projection standpoint i think he's generally overvalued by people but again this is the contingent upside thing where if jamar chase is out if um t higgins is out then all of a sudden tyler boyd has has a decent is, bit is he like mo sanu 2.0 mo sanu mo yeah so i mean I look tyler 2. boyd's like he's a great player he's one of the better slot players in the league but um you know it's just tough whenever you're playing with two alphas yeah. like period it's just gonna it's be really hard for you to to, to see a lot of work, but he was a great prospect. He went to my alma mater, which is another, ah, another there great we go. thing. There it is. There it is. Yeah. How did, how did we let Cincinnati get away with this? How do they have, how are they this stacked? They're just bad. That's that crazy. Their, their wide receivers are insane. It's pretty crazy to me too. What's that running back now? Tell me, I, I'm going to ask you about uh, Daryl Henderson. Why is the gap between him and acres so large? It shouldn't he, be. It shouldn't be right. Like this is very watered down. Like this is how I view it. It's a very watered down version, like a poor man's version of Zeke and Pollard. And I understand Henderson isn't on the talent plane that Pollard is on, but like there's a, a universe and a reality where Cam Akers doesn't look, there's a reality where Cam Akers doesn't look like he, we thought he was ever going to look and he looks like playoff Cam Akers from last year. The Rams see that and they start splitting work at a heavier dose. Um, along with like soft tissue stuff that you might think about with acres, like there's a reality where Daryl Henderson at least has a, a handful of spike weeks. This year. I'll say this about acres. This is my, my, uh, my argument against acres is very much receiving driven and very much the fact that, you know, Sean McVay came out last week and talked about how he felt like he had two starting running backs on his roster and, and stuff like that, which is not good news for acres. The, the, the playoff run last year, though, and him coming back and being as inefficient as he was, the one thing I'll say about that, two things, actually. Number one, they faced really, really good rush defenses in the playoffs. Like, like very, very good ones. Like, top five ones in the league over and over again. Then the offensive line was just not very good at all in terms of run blocking. But then on top of that, just to give you an idea of situation, uh, Cam Akers was still better in success rate last year in the playoffs than Sony Michelle was. And so, if you, if you that look say at, more about? though right sure <laughs> sure but if you look you know if you look at it contextually he wasn't as bad i think as is what 
people generally think, but I will say, um, you know, I, I do think that uh, he's overvalued right now because Daryl Henderson is is good. I mean, he, he was, he was good last year. And you know, that, that comparison of Zeke and Pollard is interesting because both Pollard and Henderson came from the same program. They're both Memphis guys. Yeah. Those are Memphis guys. Just like yeah. freak athletes. They just produce freak athletes. Antonio Gibson, um, you know, you have Calvin Austin now in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of these like Swiss Army knife type type guys. Ten minutes. Let's upgrade. Don't know what that's going to entail, but we'll upgrade. So so far we got Jalen Hurts, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, mistakenly Alexander Madison, Stefan Diggs, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Boyd, Dallas Goddard. I like this team, JJ. I kind of like this team. It's strong. I would say that it would be stronger if uh, <laughs> if we didn't have Alexander Madison 24 picks above ADP. Listen, when Dalvin dislocates his shoulder and he's season-ending surgery, I'm not predicting that, by the way. I will say this. Know. Kenneth Walker right now, I, I haven't gotten like a ton of Walker, but he's currently going – I mean, we're at, we're at pick 128 as our next pick, and we're two picks away, and he's still on the board, um, still out there. So I think if he's available after this pick, we should get him. And if not, I think – we could go. Yep. Yeah, let's get let's get Kenneth Walker. Let's do it. Here we are. I don't really like Rashad Penny this year. I've I've I I prefer Walker at ADP than Penny at ADP. You know, Penny's interesting case. From the beginning, hasn't had a good run, and I've said this on Twitter before. Came in, there was like a rift between front office and the coaching staff, and the coaching staff didn't want Rashad Penny. They drafted him anyway. He still had first round draft capital. In terms of like athleticism comparables, uh, he's relatively comparable to Darius Guys, who we know was a an absolute freak of nature athlete. Uh, I mean, looked good at a smaller school, gets drafted, breaks his hand in rookie camp, doesn't really get off on the on the right foot. I mean, he's he's had just thing after thing. Tears the ACL in his second year, has massive complications, doesn't play. Like I just don't think the sample on Penny has is really reflective of what he can do in the long term, which I understand. Like if we haven't seen him do it, then it's hard to project it. But like I, I just think the dude's had like some of the worst luck that I've seen in recent years. I don't know what you think about that. If that how much yeah. of it plays into what you're thinking. Yeah, look, I, I love Penny as a prospect. He he rated really well in my prospect. Who what what quarterbacks are available by the way? Should look at that too. See like I what tight ends is is the feel like anytime I'm okay, Cole Komet's gone. Anytime there are like question marks with my QB two and like getting another core, I just go to Justin Fields and Cole Komet and just stack them at this around Let's this come time. Here. Let's come there. Um, but yeah, look, Rashad Penny last year did what he did and he had eight targets. Like they, they just didn't utilize him at <laughs> yeah. all as a receiver. I feel like no one's paying. Everyone's just like, Oh, he had a six and a half yards per carry. Well, that's going to regress. That generally regresses. Um, and so I, you know, the efficiency is not going to be there. The offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Uh, the, the volume through the air is not going to be there. I just, I can't get behind, uh, Rashad Penny. Okay. Who you got now? We're on the clock. Go to, so I'm, I'm still okay with going like naked fields if we want to, but let's get us. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna be able to stack any of the wide receivers we have. I I'm fine with fields here. What do you think? You can also just get ahead of fields. No. Yay or nay. It's a yay or nay. Nay. I have fields ahead of actually. Yeah. That makes sense from upside perspective. Um, yeah, I have a ton of field. Fields is probably my highest rank, highest rated. The Bears are going to be, I think, historically bad though, JJ. Like I can see the Bears being New York Giants of twenty twenty one bad. Yeah, but Justin Fields is going to run, so it doesn't matter. Like they, <laughs> sure, they, they, they were terrible fair. last year. They were terrible that's last year. The final four games of the season when they finally unleashed Justin Fields, he was a low end QB one. So I, Touché. I, I, Touché. you know, I, I just, 
it's just what ha- it's just how fantasy scoring works at these at the quarterback position. Right, that's fair. It's always hard. It's it's, it's hard when you start like conflating real life with fantasy. Yeah, it changes a little bit. All right, I'm sure we can see our picks. I'm update. I'm upgrading to Zoom, so that way I don't have this stupid um, time cap. Where are we at so far? So our last few picks have been Ken Walker, accidentally Alexander Madison, Tyler Boyd, Justin Fields. What are the wide receivers looking like? Let's see here. Dotson. I've heard good things out of camp of Dotson. Yeah, Dotson. Not sure what you think about that. Jameson Williams could have a big back half. I'm kind of in on Paris Campbell. I really think I like this, Paris this Campbell, like Wandell. I've gotten a lot of Wandell. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Rond- Wandell's here. How's he still here? He goes, he goes pretty still, late. Oh, we still have a lot. He'll be there at our next pick. But I mean, I was getting Wandell in the, the literal last pick or like a month ago. Oh, sure. Really? Should we wait that long? Um, so yeah, I, I like this tier of wide receivers a lot. Um, I don't get a lot of Jarvis Landry, but you know, KJ Osborne, Jahan Dotson, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dobbs, um, <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie. But the you know, the problem is a lot of my exposure to like Dobbs and McKenzie was from before when there were afterthoughts Paris Campbell, I think is intriguing, but I still like Alec Pierce. I'm still drafting Alec Pierce. Um, I still like him in redraft. I don't love him in dynasty. Cause I'm, I'm still a little concerned about his, his profile, but um, yeah, I mean, any of these wide receivers work, what are the, what's the tight end situation? Cause we could hypothetically just pass on one of these. Yeah. To me, to me, like I'm fine with like reaching and getting in Joku with the next pick. Cause I think in Joku is just like the, the prime later round target in general. Don't have a ton of correlation in this lineup, but it's harder to do that when you're drafting on the fly. Yeah, it is. And when you're uh when your operator is clicking on Alexander Madison. Yeah, when when we hard. have people drafting Alexander Madison three <laughs> rounds above ADP. You're talking to the guy who thought our uh who thought our we were gonna record tomorrow, JJ. So you gotta remember that. That's true. All right, where are we at? So yeah, we're good at quarterback. We don't need to worry about quarterback. If we get in Joku, we don't have to worry about tight end. Uh, you know, we can get some dart throw running backs like a Isaiah Pacheco. What do you got for? Oh, yeah, big Isaiah Pacheco guy. I'm the biggest Isaiah Pacheco guy. <laughs> what do you uh what do you got on Michael Carter? What do you think in there? Um, I ha- you know, I, I know some people are higher. I like I would rather get Khalil Herbert than Michael Carter because I think the the touchdown equity and Khalil Herbert actually works for our build a little bit because we have Justin Fields, but um, you know, the, the touchdown equity, uh, I think is, is more intriguing. Um, and I think that Khalil Herbert might just be better than David Montgomery as a player. So are we on the clock? No, not yet. No, we're over here. Are you sure? Do we have, did we have another one? Yeah. We're on the clock right now. Oh, this second right now. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we could go Herbert. Herbert. We, we could go. What are the wide receivers? Cause I like this, this range for wideouts too. Really like KJ Hamler. I really oh we can go Isaiah. Uh, we want to really KJ. stack that Buffalo game. We can go Isaiah McKenzie. Let's do it. You know he's uh, taking snaps ahead of Gabriel Davis, or who was it? What was that report? Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder. That's what it was. Not yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be their slot guy. I will say with McKenzie, my fear is that when you get to the point of, you know, these Week Seventeen finals, um, my boy Khalil Shakir, who I really like as a a rookie. Uh, prospect uh, takes over that role in some way because he's just 
really good. But I will say they've slow played younger wide receivers in the past in Buffalo. We saw that with Gabriel Davis. So, you know, that could be the case again with, with Shakir. I forgot we wanted Njoku though, too. Still there. Still there. It's queued up. You want him next? Yeah, for sure. You know what's interesting is Robert Tunyon still is not practicing. Yeah, I'm, I, I haven't. I've pretty much avoided him. Logan Thomas, same deal. He like the, has meniscus thing too. The only time I get Robert Tunyon is when I have Aaron Rodgers, just to to stack. What do you think of Aaron Rodgers this year? I can't put my finger on it. I mean, not someone that I'm heavily investing in because I'd rather just wait a little bit and get Justin Fields. Um, and I, I think that there's, you know, like Kirk Cousins is in the same tier as him. Derek Carr is in the same tier as him. You don't really need to force it as much. You know, a lot of people will look at the splits without Devontae Adams and feel optimistic about Rodgers, which is fine. But I think there's a lot of noise to those numbers. I mean, it's the same deal with like Aaron Jones. There's a lot of noise to these like Aaron Jones splits with and without Devontae Adams too. Okay. Joku, let's do it. Joku. So we're good at tight end. Wide receiver, pretty strong. Let's look at those running backs again. If only we could have Damian Pierce instead of Alexander Madison. <laughs> but hey, maybe Madison really comes through for us. Cool. Where are we at in terms of build here? What other let's see? Is 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 Pacheco still available? You probably have to type in his name. <laughs> He's so low that you have to type his name in. Bro, we're we're going we're going Pacheco with the next. We're going break. Pacheco. Cue him up here. Yeah, we don't lose him. The the idea. So like, people are gonna be shocked when they see like my updated rankings and stuff. Because like I've been I've been toying with you know I've been moving Pacheco up in my top two hundred and moving Ronald Jones down. I I think I'm swapping them this this week. Like I, I I'm 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 fairly certain I'm going to be putting Pacheco ahead of Ronald Jones in my rankings, and the, and the reason for that is pure upside. Like I understand people like like from a projection standpoint, Ronald Jones looks better than Pacheco right now, but I think there's a non-zero chance Ronald Jones gets cut. There's about a zero percent chance at this point that Pacheco gets cut. Um, and then on top of that, we know what Ronald Jones' ceiling is, right? Like we've seen Ronald Jones, but why would we not put? Pacheco above Ronald Jones right now, even if Ronald Jones really hits, like what's his range of outcomes here? Like, could, like maybe an RB two, like maybe an RB two season, but I, I still think that's a tough out uh, and a tough outcome for him. So I'd rather just go like the, and ask the question of what if Isaiah Pacheco, this hype is all warranted. And according to my prospect model, according to stuff that I've researched and, and done, you know, Pacheco popped, there was a, joke in the in the late round fantasy football discord uh very early on in the draft process at, well sorry after the draft like when rookie drafts were happening where i let it be known that pacheco looked good in my model and like i updated my draft my prospect guide and stuff and everyone in the discord we made a, a little meme out of it of uh you know we had the the um you know the we don't talk about bruno from from Encanto. Wait, right right but it was it was we don't talk about pacheco because ah. we, we we wanted him to ourselves. We wanted to be stay nice and so nice. So everyone, key. everyone in the Discord has Isaiah Pacheco. Like, <laughs> That's like, hilarious. Like on all of their rookie, like, is like we and I didn't really. I mean, I talked about it on my podcast, uh, and I talked about him being a target in my prospect guide and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't really, you know, he didn't take off as like a prospect and as a player until these camps started. So let's get Pacheco. Let's do it. Got it. That, that Kansas City backfield is so weird. I mean. 
I, I do wanted to touch on like you specifically mentioned like on, I saw your uh, one of your tweets either today or yesterday <clears throat> that Darwin Thompson and Pacheco are just totally different athletes, totally yes. different dudes. They're not Can even the same. Expand, not, expand on that. Expand on that. They're not even remotely the same kind of player. Isaiah Pacheco is much much bigger and much much faster. He's got like twenty pounds on Darwin Thompson, and he ran his forty like 0.2 to 0.3 seconds faster than Darwin Thompson did. Uh, Pacheco has a better uh, prospect score in my model, and that's driven largely by production. And that's despite the fact that Darwin Thompson went with better draft capital because Darwin Thompson was a sixth round pick. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it as the same thing whatsoever. The one Pacheco um, statistic that I always go back to is one that I've tweeted out and it's in my, my prospect guide, but this is really what like got me on Pacheco. If I'm being honest with you, is is uh, this statistic about uh, what, what I found, on the Peloton? Like, by going, yes, it, it really comes down to the fact that he is also a Pelotoner, as I am. Uh, <laughs> no, so so before this year's draft and since 2011, in my prospect model, which is includes every running back that was either drafted or went to the NFL Combine. Only Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, Robert Turbin, A.J. Dillon, and Jonathan Taylor have been selected in the NFL draft while having captured a speed score of 115 or better and a best season touchdown share of 35% or better. So they so were really we're fast. On the clock. We're on the clock here. What do you got? For okay. 15 seconds. Alec um, Pierce. Alec Pierce. Get Alec Pierce. I like Alec Pierce as like a nice little dart. Continue. Continue with your stats. So... So these guys, essentially, that that group, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, Robert Turbin, A.J. Dillon, and Jonathan Taylor, that group is very, very big and fast, and they scored a lot of touchdowns in college versus how many touchdowns their team scored. Brees Hall joined that list this year, but you know who else joined the list? Isaiah Isaiah motherfucking Pacheco. And the crazy thing is that the crazy thing is that Kansas City, you know, they have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his biggest question mark and problem as a pro has been his explosiveness. He just doesn't have mm, it. Uh, and so what do they do? They go out and they get Ronald Jones, who on the ground is very explosive. He's just not a very good receiver. It's very juicy, say it. He's very juicy on the ground. So, yeah, so they they get Ronald Jones. <laughs> Didn't say and, it. <laughs> and then they draft Isaiah Pacheco, who had the highest speed score in this class. And uh, I, I just think that, and, and not only that, his top comp in my prospect model was Damian Williams. And Damian mm. Williams crushed it. Interesting. In, the Chiefs offense. I just think okay. it all came together and I'm like, I gotta draft him in every are, single draft. Are the Chiefs are the Chiefs the one team that you went like look at their what you would call like their peripherals? Like when you look at what makes up the DNA of like who they are, how they draft, how they play, are they like the easy like they, do they leave the biggest like what is it, the the trail of crumbs? Like them, probably uh, the Patriots. You mean like the most, they they like tell their, you know, they like you can yeah, see what they tell their story they, through they their draft. Choreograph their next move and stuff uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're. I mean, they're probably up there. You can, you can generally see like what they're thinking. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I would, I would put them up there like that. Like they tried with with Ceh. Like he, his rookie year, he had decent market share numbers. Like they weren't, they weren't that bad. It's just that. He wasn't it as a prospect. I didn't even think he was that bad of a prospect, to be fair. Everyone has hindsight bias with with uh, CEH, and they talk about how he was just a bad prospect to begin with. And yeah, they should have drafted Jonathan Taylor over him. Yeah, they probably should have drafted DeAndre Swift over him. But there's a lot of people that liked CEH as a prospect. Like, we shouldn't, you know, it's it's easy to, to you know, have a revisionist history of some sort and, uh, you know, look back and, and, and change the way that we were viewing these players. But... Uh, he just hasn't cut it. Like we have to be honest and, and evaluate properly here. Like he has not cut it 
And uh, I would not be shocked if Isaiah Pacheco later in the season starts to grab hold of that backfield because he's, I, I think he's good. Like he, he, he ran behind probably the worst offensive line in division one football last year. Like that's a lot of people look at his uh, efficiency numbers. They're like, why was it so bad? Well, it's because he was running behind awfulness. Like it was just bad. Um, <laughs> Our next pick is coming up here. So we so have, I, I, I'm just in, I'm in on them. You're big in on this. How many, show. okay. We have, well, let's go. Let's look at wide receivers. You know what we should do is, is stack um, Justin Fields with either like with like a like is Pringle back yet? Uh, back from the injury, no, but he should be. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, okay, let's go Pringle then. Get get some stack in there, and then let's go running back with the last pick then, because we didn't go running back heavy to start the draft. So I usually get like six running backs if I don't, you know. If I go more modified, right? I'll get five. Chris Evans. Like Are you believe in a Chris Evans hype? Hey, Evans is great because we have we have Stefan Diggs. Exactly. We get that. We'd stack that game even more. Yeah, so I'm down with Chris Evans. Stack the shit out of it. Okay, so we got Evans here. That'll be our last pick, right? Yeah, if we can get him. So to recap, we have Jalen Hurts, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Stefan Diggs, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Boyd. Isaiah McKenzie, Alec Pierce, Byron Pringle, Alexander Madison, Justin Fields, Dallas Goddard, David Njoku. Did I miss anybody? Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, it's, it's a strong squad. This is definitely a strong squad. I, I'd say everything looks really good except good. for Alexander Madison. <laughs> Madison's our, uh, our anchor there. Just imagine the upside, JJ. Here we are again. Chris Evans, there he is. Yeah, let's Boom. get him. Nailed it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, correlation. Nice little stack there for that game. It's a pretty strong team. Yeah, we got him. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. So talk to me about, let's see here. I wonder if it'll let me see like the big grid at the end. Where did we go wrong other than Madison? <laughs> um, Honestly, this is the kind of build that I generally will go with Um, where I, you know, like don't necessarily take a tight end early, but, you know, I will sometimes. And this is kind of that sometime, like I don't have a ton of Dallas Goddard, but I like stacking him with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, I would like to get for my primary stack, I'd like to get a player who's playing for an opponent in week 17, which is new Orleans for Philly. So, you know, I might've gotten like a Chris Olave or something like that in there, Michael Thomas in there or something. Um, but we didn't have really the luxury of doing that with Michael Thomas because we would have had to draft him before we drafted Jalen hurts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the build is right. Like it's, it's the right sort of, uh, number of, of players at each position, didn't need to go with three tight ends because of the two tight ends we drafted. I'm sure our projection looks bad, but I don't really care what the projections say because it's like when Yahoo of, gives you a C minus, right? And yeah. Like, look, like a lot of the running backs we drafted, like Tony Pollard, his upside is contingent upon an injury. Uh, Alexander Madison, same deal. Uh, Kenneth Walker, maybe the same deal as you know, there's just Isaiah Pacheco doesn't project well right now. Chris Evans, obviously same deal. This is a high upside play. That's just what you have to do in these tournaments. Right. Tell me, like, talk a little bit more about the the Sutton pick because I was a little surprised how quick we went with Sutton. I guess ADP is thirty three. He was picked thirty two. We, we got him right at ADP. Yeah, I mean, look, he's just that's just generally where he's going now, and uh, it really comes down to the fact what I talked about earlier, where he's a perimeter guy. I think Russ is going to target him at like a twenty three to twenty five percent target share. It's just a really good spot for him to be in. Last thing, parting shots may either on this team or something that's driving you crazy that you want to talk about. 
in terms I mean, of we 2022 about, we drafts. About the, we talked about the Pacheco Darwin Thompson thing that's been yeah, driving me nuts over the last yeah. week or so. I know you love um, Dalton Schultz and his whole family. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think to, you know, to that Dalton Schultz point, I think that, um, I like, I just, I don't love rankings and tiers and stuff very much. I definitely don't like rankings and then tiers at least gives it a little bit more context, but I, you know, I think that having the context of like why I wouldn't be drafting a Dalton Schultz, even though I have my tight end six, you know, a good example is Josh Allen. Like, I don't think Josh Allen's a very good pick this year, even though I have my QB one. So everyone's like, oh, but you have my QB one. Why shouldn't I? Well, because there's an opportunity cost and in get in, involved in getting him. Like if you get him in the second round, which where he's going to go in a lot of home leagues, when you can get Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray in the fifth or sixth round, when the projections aren't that dramatically different, the opportunity cost in the second round is massively different than the fifth or the sixth round. And so uh, I would much rather be getting, you know, those elite quarterbacks as opposed to a Josh Allen. So, you know, it's, it's really just like, like the thing that just drives me nuts all the time is, uh, you know, I have guys ranked within their position in a certain spot, but that doesn't mean that I'm drafting them heavily or, or vice versa. Right. Um, that, you know, it's the same, same deal with Dalton Schultz. I think that he's just generally a little bit overvalued overall. It's becoming a little bit more appetizing. I've drafted him a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I have my tight end six and that's where he gets drafted. So everyone's like, Oh, but you have my tight end six. And it's like, okay, but there's, there's a lot more to this. You know, we're looking at upside. We're looking at that potential. And I just don't know if that's there. There's so much context lost between publishing rankings and very specific drafts in the way that your that your league mates are going to draft and like the format and like there's so much lost that I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. I think it's hard to like to communicate that stuff sometimes. The last yeah. thing I wanted to yeah. ask you about though, in terms of drafts, because I have you here, you have in our injury prone league, somehow Kyler Murray, probably I contributed to this, fell to you at 10 in a super flex league. So yeah. you have Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Aaron Jones, Mike Evans. So basically your team is annoyingly good so far. I don't, the only pick I don't love is Aaron Jones, but you needed a running back. What's your strategy here? Um, I'm not going to tell you the strategy. Totally. <laughs> I'll tell you the strategy through the, Damn first it, I almost had you. I almost had the you. strategy through the first four picks. I think I was actually surprised in that league. There was a massive gap in the second round with people not taking quarterbacks. Uh, mm. And the reason I say that is, Top 12 quarterbacks, like if you're in a single quarterback league, you can wait still and get like a Trey Lance and you'll be fine. But in a super flex format, uh, top 12 quarterbacks are the ones that we should be focusing on in single quarterback leagues because uh, obviously there's 12 teams in your league, but QB nine to 12 over the last couple of years have been very, very good. Uh, and, and you you start to see the big drop-offs happen after that QB 12 range. Uh, but in super flex, you don't have that a bit like you're, you're draft, you're using those guys that are after QB 12. And that's why I was surprised that we didn't see the Dak Prescott. Tom Brady fell a lot more than I thought he would in that draft. Uh, but the Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, even Stafford cousins car, that tier, I thought would go a little bit higher than they did uh, based on the opportunity cost of, you know, having to then rely on these much more volatile, unpredictable quarterback assets. I think in a lot of cases, like the way that I, you know, I was at the, I was in the 10 spot. So I went Kyler and Russ. Cause I got two QB ones who I think have top six upside pretty easily. Um, and I, I didn't have the ability. I wouldn't have had the ability to get a good quarterback in the next, in the third round anyway, because they would have likely just been drafted where uh, you know, where they did get drafted. But I do think that it's very important to get in a super flex league to, to, to have that foundation. Cause it's going to be a little bit more difficult to fill that QB two spot than it has been in the past. 
Absolutely. I think this, I was actually also surprised how quickly some running backs went. It was almost like everybody had a similar strategy of let's get a top tier quarterback. Let's get a top tier running back and then hammer receiver. And I think we're about to see that. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously just because running backs are drying up in this league. Um, but I think we're about to see like a big wide receiver run, but I mean, man, I was surprised how quickly running backs went this league. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I was surprised too. I was surprised that some of them went over like stud quarterbacks, like some yeah. of the, like I, that's, that was a shock to me. And, and wide receiver matters a lot in this format too. So um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty surprised too. I think that, you know, Aaron Jones, I'm not like, you know, there's some people that are super high on him this year. I mentioned the splits with him without Devonte Adams, like his splits without Devonte have been insane from like a target share standpoint and stuff, but I don't, I don't really put that much uh, credit into the, in, in faith into those kinds of splits. Cause they're such small sample size sizes. Uh, but I do think that Aaron Jones in a full PPR format uh, as an RB one is fine. You know, it's like, uh, like, right. is he going to be a top six guy? Maybe, maybe like RB six, maybe RB five, if things sort of break his way, but I also don't think he's going to be worse than RB like where I got him at 11 or 12. Cause I think that the, the floor is there from a receiving standpoint uh, for him to be okay enough. So he's not someone that I've been like targeting extra heavy, uh, but he was to me, I got him over Len, uh, uncle Lenny, which, you know, is him or Fournette for me um, and the full PPR kind of put that over the edge. I think that Fournette could be in store for some competition with Rashad white there, obviously AJ mm. Dillon's there, but you know, I just think the utilization of Aaron Jones and, and Fournette's not been able to stay healthy either. Uh, right. And so there, you know, there's just a little bit more safety with, with Jones. And if I'm going to, you know, go wide receiver heavy potentially, or at least have that flexibility. I just wanted that safety at the RB one spot. I think you nailed it, man. I think these are the most frustrating drafts because it's <laughs> you, there's everybody in kind of knows what they're doing. And yeah. so like when you get value, it feels really good because usually value doesn't fall. Right. Like usually things are like very chalky. Like that's the first thing that I learned uh, drafting with you guys last year. Uh, you guys are annoyingly good at this. I guess that's why you do it professionally. Yeah. I mean, All right. yeah. I mean, I, I screwed myself last year though. I remember because I, well, actually, I, I, I drafted, <laughs> I, remember I, that. I drafted Christian McCaffrey. So I got, I mean, I, my team was like very, you average. fought back though. You fought yeah, back. I did. I did fight back. But I, I went with the, I went with like the Fields and something and cousin. I think, I, no, you had cousin. I, I think I had like Fields and someone else who was just like very average because I didn't do what I did this year. Right. Like I, I went with the CMC and then I got greedy. And I think I waited for both my quarterbacks to like the four Very five greedy. turn Late instead round. of the two three. The brand, man. It's that brand. So that brand this year, your head. this year I'm coming, I'm out for blood, man. This year, <laughs> this year is the year. I appreciate it, JJ. Um, let them know where you're at. Let them know what to what let the let the people know where you're at and where you want to find where they can find your stuff. Yeah. Uh lateround.com is where you can find the Patreon, the draft guide. Uh, all that good stuff. Some people have said that the draft guide completely uh, fixed their marriage uh, and, you know, right. completely, they, they lost weight after reading mm -hmm. it. I mean, is that, mm -hmm. that life changing? Um, so yeah, lateround.com, you got the draft guide, you got the Patreon and then my podcast, the late round podcast. Oh, you have a podcast. Yeah, I do. Oh. I do. It can ah. be found. Any, it can be found anywhere. <laughs> podcast can be found actually. Appreciate you, JJ. Um, that's it for us. Make sure you follow JJ on Twitter, catch all his stuff. I will let you know once I kick JJ's ass in this injury prone invitational 2.0.